0: Okay, so in this uh, section, we'll see a bit more about how the Mughal Empire just completely collapsed after Aurangzeb. Um, If you have studied a little little bit of history, you would uh, know that Aurangzeb was not a very friendly um, or a secular ruler. Uh, He was a complete fanatic. He was a complete... completely religious man and he just believed in Islam. He did not even believe in peaceful coexistence with other religions uh, that the previous Mughal rulers did. For example Jahangir and Akbar was of course very famous for you know being very inclusive and being very secular uh, Mughal Emperor who respected all the other religions of the country especially Hinduism but Aurangzeb was complete maniac he completely disregarded the feelings of other Hindus in the country, especially those of Rajputs. And Rajputs were the ones who formed the core of the Mughal army. You know, Um, and Mughal army was of course very important to maintain their hold over a country or over the region uh, starting from Kabul in the northwest to um, Karnataka or till, uh, till Tamil Nadu. In the south of India, and way up till Myanmar in in the in the east. So, since he did all that uh, in the end of eight in the end of 17th century, the Rajputs turned against him. Uh, the Marathas in the south were also, you know, waging campaigns against the Mughal rule. Uh, a very famous figure was Chitrapati Shivaji. He was complete arch nemesis of uh, Aurangzeb. was like Joker to Aurangzeb's Batman. Though I'm not saying Batman was as or I'm not comparing Batman with uh, Aurangzeb but you get the point. So 1689 was uh, a remarkable or an eventful year for the Mughal Empire. English, the British East India Company had come in to India in 1600s, in the beginning of the 17th century, when Jahangir was still the emperor, and they had slowly and steadily built their network uh, across the century. Across the 17th century, they had built ports in Madras, in Bombay, uh, they had uh, started establishing factories in uh, or trading ports in Kolkata, in, in Bengal, also. Um, so, they were also quite a sizable force in India at that time even though not as big as Mughals but still quite sizable so um, the officials of the British East India Company they rubbed off Aurangzeb in a wrong way okay so Aurangzeb turned against them and waged war to drive them completely out of India in 181689, uh, Aurangzeb had driven them out of India now they were begging Aurangzeb to forgive them and uh, you know let, let them start doing their business again. So if Aurangzeb had wanted, British would have left India in 1689, but of course nobody knew what would happen if British stayed, and what did happen, they ruled us for so many years, so he just let them stay here, um, even after the war. Also in 1689, he waged war against the Maratha Empire. Uh, Under Satrapati Shivaji, right from uh, 1660s to 1690s, these 30 years, they they had waged a lot of war against the Mughal Empire in in the Deccan area, the Hyderabad and the Maharashtra area. And they had become very strong. But after the death of uh, Shivaji, Aurangzeb waged a lot of war against Marathas, Anglo-Maratha wars. And uh, slowly but steadily, he wore them down. So 1689 was the year in which Mughal Empire had the, most, uh, has the, had the largest area in terms of ruling uh, kingdom ever since the Mughal Empire started, right? But the problem was that this empire had stretched too thin and it was on the verge of breaking up. Because all these small factions have started rising against the Mughal Emperor because he was not secular. He had tra- he had uh, created a wedge between the Hindus and the Muslims, especially upsetting the Rajputs and the Hindus, Hindu army, the Hindu army men in his army, that they were rising in rebellion. They were so against all the things that he had done against them, for example, uh, the he had taken all the lands from Hindus and, uh, you know, decided to give them to the Muslims. He had destroyed temples. He had uh, issued or he had started the law called Jizya, which means uh, the Hindus or all the non-Muslims have to pay a tax. So it was a very discriminatory regime he was running and people started turning against him. And that led to weakening control of Aurangzeb over the empire. And when the control weakened, The governors of Mughal Empire, for example, the Marathas, the the Jats, the Sikhs, the Rajputs, they started revolting against them too. And uh, one of the most important thing that uh, Mughal Empire's might was based on was revenue, money, taxes. And when people started rebelling against Aurangzeb, they stopped paying taxes. And as the taxes stopped coming in, the Mughal Empire, which was the richest kingdom in the world at that time, did not have money to pay for its generals, did not have money to pay for its army. And that started the downfall of the Mughal Empire. So, the current divide that we see between Hindu-Muslim in our country and in our subcontinent, we have a very big thanks for that to give for Aurangzeb. Because of his fanatical beliefs, he wedged a a divide between Hindus and Muslims and, you know, broke up his own empire and uh, has put the Indian subcontinent in in the current religious uh, divide that we see today. One more thing that we need to understand here is the British, in the 17th century beginning, after Aurangzeb had died in 1707, they had started consolidating their own position. And uh, one reason of this uh, consolidation was a group of bankers called Jagat Seth. These were the people who were in the finance uh, network created by the Mughal empires. So for example, if the Nawab of Bengal, he has to send tax to Delhi, where where Aurangzeb's head office was. I mean, today we can just send it via online transfer we have banks at that time we did not have banks so we had to send the bullions which were like the gold coins from Kerala from uh, Bengal all the way up to Delhi and uh, like I said after Aurangzeb's death all this uh, rebellion started taking place so it was not very safe to send a whole bullock cart of gold coins from uh, from Kolkata to all all the way up to Delhi because the roads were not safe and all you know so since that happened he the Nawab of Bengal Bengal was the richest province in the Mughal Empire by the way so they had the most taxes to give so the Nawab of Bengal he recruited or he took the help of these financiers, credit financiers, and he gave the money to them and with their own networks they routed the money all the way up to the Emperor Aurangzeb's successor okay now because this happened This gave these bankers a lot of capital to lend people money. And this money was what was lent to the East India Company to start building their armies, their factories and all of that stuff. So overall we can summarize it by saying that one step taken by Aurangzeb of dividing the Hindus and the Muslims and treating Islam as the highest religion there is and just disrespecting every other religion in India. It ultimately led to the downfall of Mughal Empire, to the rise of the E.C.T.A. company and uh, well, everything just went haywire after that. So, that's it. Thank you for listening.